1: feeling about this.
2: Welcome to episode 81 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart.
3: And I'm your host, Will Witten,
2: And we are back, And, and you know how sometimes I talk about Dead News Weeks, how there's not much Star Wars news. Boy, is it a dead Star Wars News Week. But uh, I've got a bit of a crazy story to tell you guys and Will. Something that happened to uh, Jesse and I today. Crazy story? Yeah. Really? And uh, we got one little piece of news, but as they seem to do, the moisture farmers, the Blue Harvest moisture farmers came through in a big way this week. We've got lots of emails to cover, so that's mainly what we're going to be doing today but before that it's time for the business like us on facebook.com slash blue harvest podcast follow us on twitter and instagram at blue harvest pod email us at blue harvest podcast at gmail.com and buy shirts and shit and mugs notebooks whatever you may fancy at tpublic.com slash user slash blue harvest podcast will have I told you lately how stoked I am that we're part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network?
3: I've heard it once or twice, but I'd like to hear it again.
2: Mm, we are so fucking stoked. Tingley in my dangle dangle. I'm so stoked. And we are part of the amazing Making Star Wars Podcast Network, along with such great podcasts as Now This Is Podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Cantina Cast, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners, Idiots Array, First Order Transmission, and the Cargo Hold. So, you know, after you get done listening to this, maybe you should go check a few of those out. You know, you got time to listen to podcasts. Why can't you squeeze a couple extra ones in there? So, uh, before we get to the uh, the Star <laughs> Wars, you gave
3: news. the business any better. I I don't know what I would do. I'd probably pass out like a little Beatles girl screaming.
2: Like I always wonder when Kirk Hammett plays the solo for Fade to Black night after night on tour, Like he's got to have nights where he's like, fucking nailed it. And then other nights he's like, "Mm, I could have done better, right? Mm -hmm. I nailed that one this week. That's my best business in a little while.
3: It was super businessy.
2: So, crazy story. So, um, I go to pick Jesse up from work today. She got off at 2. And as we're driving home, she's like, you know what? I'm a little hungry. Do you maybe mind stopping in at Burger King? You know, every now and then you need a double chi from Burger yep. King. So I was like, you know what? I'm not really hungry, but I could go for a nice, cold, refreshing drink. So, yeah, let's pull into Burger King. That sounds like a great idea. So we pull in, and I'm sitting at the, uh, the speaker ordering, and I hear a little commotion coming from the back left of my car. And I turn, and there's these two guys, and I can't tell if they're arguing or if they are, like, just fucking around with each other. But They're being loud, and there's some commotion. I finish ordering, and as I go to pull up to the first window to pay, I see one of those two guys start walking our way. And he walks in between the speaker and the Burger King. You know that little space I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. This is the Burger yeah. King over by our house, where you used right. to live. right. The second guy who is a, I want to call him a fancy redneck. Do you know what I mean? Like one of those redneck guys that's like, oh, man, I'm going to wear my polo shirt and a a very crooked cap, a Tennessee football cap, man. Like a a preppy redneck. And he is not chasing, but he is walking with a Terminator-like determination after this guy, and he's holding a fucking gun. Oh, my God. In his hand, and he's going, what up, man? Come on back. Where you going? Come on back, man. And I fucking freeze. There's a guy maybe three feet away from Jesse and I following another guy with a gun. And then. I
3: would. I'd freak, too. That's how people get catch stray bullets. That's what
2: I'm thinking. Like, he's not coming after me, but this dumbass isn't going to have good aim. I'm going to catch one in the kidney. Through the, it's gonna go through the Nissan Sentra into my kidney, and then you gotta find some way to record a rem, a memorial show for me because I got fucking fucking shot in my my booty hole by a fucking fancy redneck guy, oh, and
3: there'd be a there'd be a uh, a rebellion
2: in a Tennessee in a Tennessee Volunteers ugly ass orange. I don't know. I just don't. I, it's an ugly orange.
3: Would be a <laughs> Bulls fan. <laughs>
2: um so it continues the guy who he's chasing turns the corner and starts going up basically the drive-through homeboy with the gun i guess decides oh i'm gonna run and cut him off like go all the way around or he was trying to get away because he turned around and went back the way he came from we pull up to the first window and I, i tell the lady i was like uh there's a guy with a gun out here, and she, if someone came up to me at my job and was like, "Uh, there's a guy with a gun out there, I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? You would have thought I was like, uh, I just ordered a double cheeseburger and a soda. Like, she was totally non-phased, and she was like, yeah, I think the cops are coming. So we go, I pay, go up to the second window, pick up the food. As I pull out of the drive through, it looks like riot control has shown up there's so many cops i mean six seven cops lights going crazy more cops pulling into the parking lot as i'm pulling out so we run over to gamestop real quick and then leave gamestop pass by the same burger king and um on the way back and They've got dude in the back of a car, like a cop SUV, and they are tearing his car apart.
3: Holy crap.
2: Yeah. I didn't know what the fuck to do, man.
3: You did the right thing. I mean, that's, you know, all you can do. I don't know what it is about people who put fertilizer on their balls lately and decide that they need to pull their gun for, like, some sort of verbal dispute. like
2: And, like... Know, my chest, I, like I was freaked out, dude. My heart was pan- pounding, and I was like, "Whoo!" Like I, had I mean, to...
3: maybe it, it, maybe it's because I'm an '80s baby or whatever. But back in my day, things were settled with fisticuffs, you know. Like there was a knockdown dragout before there was a gun drawn. But these days, like before it even turns to a fight, somebody's gonna get shot and killed. And in... like, before the first swing goes, somebody's gonna die. For.
2: Before... And, of course, Jesse and I are are breaking it out uh, law and order style, trying to fucking theorize on what was going on. And I think Jesse probably nailed it. I think they got into it in the Burger King.
3: Oh, and it It, it spilled outside.
2: Yeah, because they... So what I originally thought might just be them fucking around with each other was clearly some sort of argument or something. Right. And, uh... Yeah, the and the
3: smart the one that left the altercation originally was smart to go back towards the Burger King where there was an audience of witnesses.
2: Yeah, and like that's the one thing I thought I was like, do I need to pull out my phone and film this? And then I was like, no, cuz he's going to get pissed off seeing my phone and he's going to take a shot at me.
3: Yeah, he's going to be like, "Oh, you filming me?" Yeah. No witnesses.
2: Right? Yeah, and then uh <laughs> the the one thing that I thought was funny is the guy he was walking after when we saw him, he was just sort of milling around next to the Burger King in like the drive-through area, on his phone. But it was a old-school flip phone. This dude oh. was using like a Motorola Razor or a Sliver or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's a drug dealer. Anyone oh, Jesse's Jesse's Joe. new theory is that it's he a, was he was a drug dealer, because it was like well, a burner I mean, flip phone. I get phone. what
3: she's saying, because you know, it's a burner phone. That's, yeah. That's what they call it.
2: Yeah. Hey, i watch watched Breaking Bad. I know what a burner phone is. I'm hip.
3: I, I wouldn't spend no money on it. My burner phones would be like the old Nokia bricks. They wouldn't be flip phones. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> All right. So, Star Wars news this week. I just had to tell you that. Dude, I was, I,
3: that's a crazy story. I'm glad you got out of there unscathed.
2: I mean, I don't know that I was ever in any real... Uh, danger, I mean, but it's it, it scared those situations, me.
3: Situations you don't know until you are like right. You those things pop off out of nowhere. You know I that's how
2: I would have peeled out of there like them good old Duke boys if he had started pop- popping rounds like that. center would have gone. You're about to see some serious shit when this thing hits 88 miles an hour in the parking lot of a Burger King. It's fucking crazy, man.
3: Mm. And you know what's sad? That her reaction. To that means that that's not the first time there's been a gun drawn at that burger king by the way
2: or that at least she's been in a similar experience it's been around
3: somebody to pull the gun you know being a hothead
2: you know um we don't have that kind of stuff go on that often over in this area every now and then do you know do you remember my favorite gas station you know i had a favorite gas station the kangaroo yeah. Go in, get a big old fountain drink. Well, that's
3: where the cops usually hang out. That's yeah. their like hub. Well, you
2: know why they hang out there is because that place has been robbed a couple of times. I went in there right after it got robbed one day. And uh, the guy ran over towards like Wings Plus. You know the Wings place? Mm, mm-hmm. Wings Plus.
3: Which can... is now an A Wings, I think. If yeah. this buff is listening.
2: Yes. In fact, they did change the name to A Wings. George Lucas is going to sue somebody. A Wings mm, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you what since the name changed, those are not a wing quality wings. They shouldn't really call it like c plus wings <laughs> d wings d wings um yeah you know, i you know I have varying different opinions
3: on gun violence, but it's sad that you know the the thing you hear all the time nowadays is you know what stops the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun well. You know, a hothead with a gun, and then another hothead with a gun. Like, like I'm sure they both think they're being the good guy, but that's a shootout, and that's where people catch stray bullets, and you know, casualties come out of nowhere. It's just because there's a gunfight in the Burger King, like parking lot. I it's can't
2: ridiculous. go out like that. I can't get. I can't catch a stray bullet in a fucking Burger King parking lot. And the last thing I fucking sense as I drift on and become one with the force is fucking freshly grilled hamburger patties and No, this is it. You Whoppers catch the bullet. Off.
3: Like they just handed you the bag. You catch the bullet and then you look in the bag and you're like, damn it, they gave me onion rings
2: instead. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. No, I'd be like, I, hey, Jesse, I know you're you're um I know you said you're real hungry, but I just got shot in the kidney. I'm gonna eat that hamburger.
3: <laughs> Give me that hamburger. I'm, if I'm dying, I'm dying on a full stomach.
2: Drink the hamburger and dr- or eat the hamburger and drink the soda real quick. Oh, and burp and then I'm done bleeding out in a Nissan Sentra
3: like that like the guy in, in a military movie is like, just wants that one smoke to go out on <laughs> that last double G to go out on oh, just one more just hold it up to
2: my lips I'd be all bummed cause she gets hers plain. I'd be like trying to pass it back through the window bleeding out put some mustard and some pickles <laughs> on that please <laughs> and call an ambulance
3: Called Amber ambulance
2: all right <laughs> so um star wars news this week not a lot the biggest thing I, I did another search on star wars news just to see if i missed anything but really the biggest thing i came across is that they announced that at celebration this year there's going to be a ea hosted video games panel to talk about current and upcoming ea star wars releases so that's definitely one of the ones that i'm gonna try and uh um you know hit up uh if i had to guess it's mainly going to be battlefront 2 centric i don't even know that we'll get to see anything the reason i say that is because e3 isn't too terribly long after celebration and they seem to want to save that kind of stuff for e3 lately
3: I don't know Um, if games just don't have the life they used to, but I hope they're still making money off Battlefront 1.
2: You know, like, I hope that's still alive. I mean, it. you know, I I, I enjoyed that game. I'm not as critical of it as as some people have been. Um, And I still go back and play a couple of rounds here and there. It's one of those things where I've put it down for so long, and then the people that are still playing have been playing since it came out. So they're just waxing me now.
3: Right. And like the part of you that's like, Oh, it's fun to fire a blaster. You know, there's just no feeling like that or fly the ships, you know, like that's really the best, one of the best star Wars flight simulators that I've ever played. Right. The most fun I'll say. And, you know, you go back and do that and then you're just getting waxed. And like I was talking about, you know, earlier about the for honor, like if it's, if, if you're just getting waxed to a point where it's no fun to play anymore, it takes all the joy out of it.
2: Right. Um, so, like I was saying, I think this uh, conference or panel or whatever will be probably Battlefront 2 heavy. Maybe we'll get some footage or some screenshots. I wouldn't necessarily count on it. Like I said, I think they're going to want to wait for E3. We know this one's going to have a campaign. So maybe we'll get some details on when the campaign will be set or something to that effect. Right. Um. And then, you know, past that, we've got the amy henning led visceral studios star wars game coming sometime next year i doubt we get a trailer or anything like that maybe we'll hear a little bit more um it'll just be interesting to see like i would love to know more about that game i'm gonna be honest that's the one i'm i'm more excited for that game than battlefront 2 and that's, um, that's
3: just like we don't know anything about that do we
2: And no, I mean, we've gotten the tiniest little glimpse uh, of some footage from it, but we don't know when it's set, who you're playing. It's pretty much assumed and maybe even partially confirmed that it's a uh, Uncharted slash Tomb Raider style third-person adventure game, Mm -hmm. which I'm all about. Um, And then we know that Respawn, the company that makes Titanfall, has a Star Wars game coming out at some point in the future. Uh who knows if that's it looks like they're going to do sort of a one a year thing going out. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I saw the
3: Space Barbarian playing The Force Unleashed online. Yeah, yeah, cuz it was a it it's it a
2: good. it was a free game with gold last month. Mm-hmm. It was one of their games with gold, so he picked it up and I texted him about it and was like how you liking The Force Unleashed? he's like, it's tough, but I'm digging it. And, you know, I told him to stick with it and, and stuff because it's in, uh, I would say, my top five Star Wars games of all time. Force I Unleashed love, 1.
3: I love that game. Love the combos. Love the combat. Love the way you interact with the game. Yeah. You know, love all that.
2: In retrospect, the story is a little goofy. It doesn't hold up well, but you know what? It's still a fun Star Wars space adventure, especially it now was... that you don't have to think of it as canon. Mm-hmm. It makes it better to me the story because before it seemed a little goofy that Darth Vader got his ass whipped so much, right? You know,
3: um, it's definitely. I feel like you know it was in that time where we didn't have anything to fill that void. You know, the can't there yeah. wasn't cannon laid down yet
2: well i'll say this uh that opening level of the force unleashed is which is like the tutorial level where you're darth vader on kashique and you're just mm-hmm. mowing through wookies and yeah force pushing them around and tossing them and slow choking strolling. them, and just slow yeah pimp darth, like that guy at burger king man like he wasn't running he was doing the terminator stride mm-hmm. just going through wookies man that is a cool-ass opening level. It is. Uh, something I could honestly be down with as a Darth Vader game, playing as Darth Vader.
3: Absolutely. Um, and I, I, you know what? I wonder if we'll see that, but I, I think Dar- if Darth Vader ever gets his own movie, it won't happen until after that. You know, because there's still, if you're going to do a Darth Vader movie, there's like power... A power cap and a level that you have to establish that we you know just recently had an addition to in in uh, Rogue One,
2: yeah, you know, I go back and forth on on Rogue One on whether I think Darth Vader was too spry or powerful, not not powerful, but was doing too much compared to what we see him do in the original trilogy. Right. But honestly, I don't really think he was because if you think about it, he's just fighting little rebel grunts. He's not fighting a Jedi with a nope. lightsaber, and he doesn't do anything too extreme. If he was flipping around and doing backflips and the splits and shit during that battle, then I w- that would be too much. But like he does sort of just do the Darth Vader stride forward and doesn't let anything stop him.
3: Nope. just He starts walking and basically just keeps walking through that whole battalion
2: yep yep i can't wait to see what we've got in store for star wars video games because battlefront did it for me for a little while but then you know i sort of fell off and i went back for each of the dlcs here and there to check them out and there's cool stuff i just want it to be i want battlefront 2 to be in the place that battlefront 1 is now at launch as far as features and game types and Stuff like that. Give me as much content as like the ultimate edition of Battlefront has to start off with plus a campaign. And I'd mm-hmm. be pretty happy with that. And, and that would make me want to, you know, maybe inv- invest in a season pass or something like that. Even though I hear that, that EA might be getting out of the business of season passes. They're not doing God, one. I hope for, so. They're not doing one for Mass Effect. so
3: I'd rather pay for individual DLC. Right then, season pass. Then have the season pass. Ga- Cause it's a gamble. Yeah. Cause I bought the season pass for the division, and I bought the season pass for Battlefront, and ended up not playing those, or my friends didn't play them. You know, by the time all the uh, the stuff came out, and then there's even like post season pass stuff,
2: like where they're like, "Oh, this isn't part of the season pass, bro. This is well." Extra. Then why yeah.
3: make a season pass? Why yeah. make me? You know, I understand getting paid for your content, but I was more okay when the DLCs were appropriately priced and you just paid extra for those.
2: Yeah, you know what? I am I am not one of those people that's against DLC, but if you're going to want me to spend an extra 5 to 15 bucks on a piece of content for your game that I've already spent 60 bucks on it, I better feel like I get my money's worth for that. Right. And I feel like, you know, back in the day when Halo 3's map packs were like 5 bucks and you got three new maps. Well, perfect, you know? Right. Five bucks for three new Halo maps, which is the only game I'm playing on my 360 right now. Right. But then you get into this crazy shit where, like, you'll get a DLC that's, you know, 15 to 20 bucks and you get, like, an hour or two out of it. So.
3: And, like, optional DLC. Like, you give me guns that just look different but aren't super powered. You know, like.
2: Right, right. What
3: was the point? A gun that, you know, the hazmat version of something that I'm never going to wear or use because. There's no. It just. It's a way to switch it up. You right. know, like,
2: like uh, I like, <clears throat> I like the way like Bioware does their DLC. I like the way Bethesda does. You're gonna right. pl- pay a little bit more, but it's gonna be really good stuff. Same thing DLCs with DLCs um, that are worth
3: your time. Yeah, you know, like, like you said, like Bethesda, like Skyrim, or you know, The Witcher. You know, things that's what that... I was
2: about to say. CD Projekt Red with uh, The Witcher three have done. An amazing job with their DLC.
3: Things you don't feel gypped. Mass Effect, extra missions. Yeah.
2: You're
3: like, definitely, you're going to get your money's worth, you feel well,
2: like. The cool thing about Mass Effect is they would do a couple of DLCs towards the end of that game's life that sort of bridge the the gap in between, say, Mass Effect 1 and 2 or 2 or 3.
3: And they were never crazy. They were like 20 bucks or less. Way
2: less. 10 to 15 at most depending on I think they were a little more expensive with three but they were a lot bigger with three so well you want to cover some of this mountain of emails we got yes you know I like the emails well you know how we start the email segment
3: uh yeah
0: loves to split chicks with his puns. KD! Cockhead! Cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. KD! Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead! Use pay, Kakay, G Money, Kakay, King Tom, K, Joe, Chak, KD, Kalk.
2: Mm-mm. That I don't know that will that will ever get old.
3: It's it's foul in the in the best of ways.
2: In the best of of fucking ways. All right, so we've got three emails, <clears throat> one from our buddy Brad, one from our buddy Joe, and one from I believe King Tom that are all about the latest aftermath book, um Empire's End, which I'm not done with. We're going to cover the emails cuz I checked them out and there's nothing too heavy spoiler. Um related but we're going to save those emails to the end in case you're listening to this and you're still working on the book and you don't and you absolutely want nothing spoiled or anything like that we don't want you know you to get bummed out that you heard something you didn't want to on our show so we're going to save those for the last emails. so let me go on through here and uh get the other ones that aren't first up we got our buddy chris halls and will A bit late, but congratulations on making it onto the best Star Wars podcast out there. Well deserved. I really appreciated your podcast more so over the past couple of weeks as it gives me motivation and a reprieve from the physically and mentally demanding U.S. Army's Jump Master School. Holy shit, we got an ODST on our hands, Will.
3: ODST, that's what I was about to say.
2: Listening to your guys during my lunch break and on my commute have kept my equilibrium. Dude thank you buddy thanks dude on to the real reason for my email what can i do to convince my right hand man and unit first sergeant that snoke is not fucking Plagueis? every week we go round and round he's incessant i know you find it aggravating when people send you clickbait sites with stupid and outlandish snoke theories as he does to me thinking he's uncovered some treasure trove of hot star wars news he neglects to check out MSW.net's MakingStarWars.net's site and all the great podcasts out there, despite my multiple efforts to lead him to truth. It looks like there is some good information telling of Snoke and the First Order's origins in the recent released Empire's End novel, though. But any help to try and shut him up would be helpful. Otherwise, I'm buying a bulk packages package of your Steel's your Snoke theory sucks. Stickers and wallpapering his whole damn office with them. I like that idea. Even though I don't enjoy guacamole, even though I don't enjoy guacamole, I did enjoy the video of Will making it, and would gladly take guac all over my fake neck, face, neck, and chest if Chef Will prepared it. Have a good weekend, fellas. Chris, heyo, heyo. It got mad sexy there at the end, dude. It did.
3: Well, you don't have to like guac nobody. Nobody says you got it, but I appreciate it. You know, I'm sure we could find something that you like.
2: You know what's weird is I don't like avocado, but I like guacamole. I know that's, that's weird. like
3: the people that don't like tomatoes, but like ketchup or spaghetti.
2: Okay, I guess, yeah, I guess that's similar. I only like avocado if you mash it up with a bunch of shit and I eat it with salty ass chips. Fuck mm, I yeah. like
3: avocado. Did I you don't... put avocado on a sandwich? Mm-mm. It's like, Mm-mm. it's like butter. It's like you put butter on a sandwich, but it's it's got this awesome flavor. It's like the tuxedo, the bow tie on a sandwich.
2: <laughs> All right. So what do you think? How how can he convince his buddy that Snoke isn't Darth Plagueis?
3: You can't. You can't because there's an entire faction on the internet to back him up. You know, <sighs> My my point would be like that's not original, you know. That's not the future. It is the past. And if you know these directors don't want to go back there and then catch crap for it, you know they are going to forge a new way. This is a new story. We're headed in a new direction, and so that is not the full circle they're trying to bring it back around
2: to. He mentioned the aftermath books. I would say that's a good route to go, is because they ki- I feel like they kind of hint at where Snoke came from. In those, and it's not doesn't seem like Plagueis type stuff. Um, granted, I'm not done with this newest one, but from what I understand, you know, there's no real concrete, no answers in it. The
3: one, the one that makes the most sense to me: if Plagueis developed the ability to cheat death, you know, why would he walk around all messed up physically? You know, you would assume he's powerful enough to fix himself or move his consciousness or something like.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, you know, the other thing about Snoke is, is like, I'm okay. For one thing, I'm pretty sure that it is still canon that Snoke, uh, that Plagueis's race or species was immune. He was immune. From all the right. banking clan. That's what that—that's the race that Plagueis was. If you see the guy from the banking clan in Attack of the Clones, he's immune. As I, f- as I understand, it's still canon that that's what Plagueis was. If that is the case, then Snoke can't be Plagueis because clearly doesn't n- look like immune. Not at all, unless he got like half of his head chopped off and still survived. Right, and which that's is when ridiculous. It's all in. Oh. Oh, well. <laughs> um, so, I would say that. I would use that argument. Um, like I said, I need to do some research and see if that is and still canon. That another
3: he's... logical thing for me is that, you know, if I were Plagueis and um, Insidious had pulled that bullshit and tried to take over the galaxy, I would not let him just rule the galaxy for 20 like.
2: That's I a good would point
3: Reusurp you know take my throne as the rightful heir to the Sith like I'm not gonna let you play me like that bull
2: <laughs> right that is that is a very good point um and you know what I still kind of dig your idea about just wallpaper in his office with your Snoke theory suck stickers.
3: yeah, that's good anyway because he because th- hey
2: Steel will make a, a a a good bit of change and uh you know he'll get the point. You know what you do? I
3: love the font on those stickers.
2: Well, you know that's the classic Kenner font.
3: Yeah, that's, yeah. I, that, it just looks so good. I don't know. It just looks great.
2: Um, yeah, it looks great. The thing that, you know, a lot of people don't, well, I'm sure a lot of people do, it's not just that the sticker's funny. It's the design. Like, the, there's so many elements that come together that make that thing so fucking awesome. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's the timing of it with coming out. Like when you have all these crazy Snoke theories and then, you know, it's the use of the classic Kinner Kinner font. It's
3: basically an inside joke, right? You know, punchline for us, Star Wars fans.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The people take too seriously. Frank, if,
3: right. If you don't know what that means, you know, you don't know Star Wars. You don't know Jack about Star Wars.
2: So, um, Next up we've got an email from our buddy Jonathan. Greeting, Halls and Wills. I pluralized you for some reason there. It appears that we're starting to get little bits of information about the Han Solo movie since production has begun. I'm reading on I'm reading more that a few websites. <clears throat> I'm reading. On more than a few websites, that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is playing a mocap character in the film, and more specifically, she's playing a droid. Please, please, please be clear that this report did not come from that ass clown, Mike Zero. I know there are droids in Star Wars universe with a female persona, but in films, the only one I can think of is the protocol droid that was serving drinks to Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan on the Trade Federation starship in Phantom Menace. As an obsessive comic book reader, I remember a badass female droid from the Dark, Star, Dark Horse Star Wars comics, Agent of the Empire, I-N-G-A-44, or Inga. Honestly, I thought she looked cool as hell, and I think it would be pretty cool if they borrowed a bit of her design or personality for a droid in the Han Solo movie. <clears throat> also, I'm wondering when are we going to get the Cooking with Will segment. Sometimes I find myself enjoying an old-fashioned fuck yeah, while listening to Blue Harvest. I seriously need some Blue Harvest themed hors d'oeuvres to pair with my drinks. Also, while we're on the subject of hors d'oeuvres, I gotta ask a question about cheese straws. I know it's a southern recipe, but more particularly, it must be a deep south thing? My grandmother was born and raised in Tennessee before moving to Ohio, so I'm up with fried okra and other southern culinary delights. But this one has eluded me. I enjoy cooking and have considered making these myself. Or should I just buy a bag of Cheetos and call it a day? Keep up the great podcasting and may the force be with you. John. Okay. Female droids in Star Wars. He is right. The uh, protocol droid that meets up with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon in the Trade Federation um, starship definitely has like a lady's voice right the, there's also the waitress droid in dex's diner that's like you want a cup of java juice yeah that's true she, that's a lady i it always is. assumed that the droid um delivering luke and leia was kind of a uh, feminine droid the Ooh, uh bah. what is
3: it the nursemaid droid Ooh, she's definitely bah. making like soothing sounds. yeah um
2: yeah. and I, if i think on it i might even be able to think of a couple of others um, I'm not all that familiar with Inga though, the droid he was talking about. I'll have to look into that one. So, uh, well, since you're the culinary master, why don't you break down cheese straws for our buddy John? And should he just forgo making them and go pick up a nice bag of Cheetos instead?
3: I'll tell, I'll tell you what, che- I'll tell you about the cheese straw. Then we'll talk about the Cheeto, um, the cheese straw is basically, I mean, for lack of a better term, I'm gonna classify it as a biscuit. And I don't mean biscuit in the way you're thinking Southern way. I mean biscuit as in the British terminology, like a wafer or a a crisp or a cookie or it's like a savory cookie almost. It's crispy and it has the texture it's hard to place because cheese straws are so unique.
2: But right. they're made very with
3: cheese and they have like a cheese dusting on them as well. And they're so salty. It's like a,
2: they're a little right. salty. They're real crispy and crunchy and sort of flaky at the same time. A they're a like salty
3: them. cheesy biscuit almost, mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. you know,
2: it, not like it, a cheddar bay biscuit from Red Lobster.
3: Right. No, like a like a wafer, crisp, right. thin. I don't know. That I'm using so many adjectives, but they're necessary because the flavor and texture of it is different than what you're used to. It it, it I would get a package of cheese straws. Um, usually packaged in a way at Christmas time, like in a beverage farm kind of mm-hmm. container or bag. Those are usually really good. Uh, I've never made cheese straws from scratch, but I can imagine those are even better. They uh, are. I've had homemade
2: cheese straws and they're good.
3: Are phenomenal. You know, I've just never, I'm sure they're go around at holiday time, but, uh, <clears throat> I, I recommend them as one of your hors d'oeuvres if you're going to, uh, the Cheeto, I had a love for Cheetos when I was young. And then the older I got, the flavor is great, but the way they stick in my teeth, I don't care for. It I don't like that
2: to... part either, but damn, do I love fucking Cheetos, man. But Cheetos, I know exactly they... what you're talking about. It's like and you got Cheeto mush you... up in your teeth. You got to go when like. When you're
0: halfway
3: through the Cheeto bag, you're like, man, I wish these were cheesy poofs. Oh, you see, know, I like... never.
2: I ne- I prefer crunchy Cheetos to poofs or puffs. Or... puffs. Yeah. yeah, That's just me, though.
3: Cheese puffs, dude. That's, I feel like the powder saturates through all that erratious, you know, the, the the volume of it. But, the, you know, all right. cheetos are good. I won't lie, but I don't like the way they gunk up in my teeth.
2: Are you ready to be put on the spot right now? Yeah, go ahead. Give give our guy a, a, a quick, easy hors d'oeuvre to make while he drinks in Old Fashioned and listens to Blue Harvest. Ooh, um... I have one that you made for me one time that was really good, but I want to see what you come up with. If you can't come up with one, I'll, I'll toss you, I'll toss you the softball, and you can knock it out of the park.
3: Quick and easy hors d'oeuvre. I'll I'll say one that I've made before, and I'll tell you. Uh, and Hawes has had it, so he can tell you. Um, get some really awesome, uh, fancy crackers. Doesn't matter what you want. I like really nice whole grain crackers. Those are awesome. They have a lot of flavor, and they're going to be sturdy. And then I'll take uh, cream cheese at room temperature and whip some Parmesan cheese and some spices into that cream cheese. Not too much to overpower it. You just want a hint. So just the Parmesan and maybe one or other spice to a dash of Greek seasoning. Uh, Spread those on the cracker uh, and buy some already smoked and cured salmon. Put a little piece of that smoke cured salmon on top, some fresh dill, and then a nice little sprig of dill on top of that piece of salmon. Nothing too much; you can't fit in your mouth. And once you want the order to be pleasant, you can take it in two bites if you're trying to be dainty. But really, if you make the cracker the right size, it'll have a spread of that, um, the cheese and herbed cream cheese, a little a little nice square looking piece of uh, smoke cured salmon, and a nice fresh dill on the end, and it'll just set the whole little order off.
2: And it is. Amazing! That is the one I was thinking about. That I was saying. Was it really? Yep. That's funny. It stuck with me.
3: That's funny, Haas.
2: You you came over and you made those and your dumplings. I don't know how easy it would be for you to convey your dumpling recipe over a podcast, but maybe the next time you're in Birmingham, I'll get all the stuff and we'll make like a YouTube. But blue cooking with Will Blue Harvest
3: dumplings so easy, so easy to make dumplings. I'll show you how to do it.
2: They're so good. So. Yeah, I I just think that would be one that maybe our listeners would enjoy.
3: Yeah, I'm looking forward to the recipe segment as well. It's just my lazy butt, you know, not being able to devote too much time into it. But whenever Haas puts me on the spot, we can.
2: Yeah, we All seem right. to
3: we seem to recipe it out.
2: All right, so that's uh now, guys. Don't blow up the email box with this, but if maybe you want to toss in a, a culinary related question or give Will a category. I'll put them on the spot when you email it in. Be like, "What? hey, I got a 20-pound turkey. I got a turkey emergency. Do you want to tell everybody about Johnny Grosso's turkey emergency? Johnny Grosso. I I love this story. I love this story.
3: It's funny. Johnny Grosso's mom brought him a turkey and was like, here, here you go. Here's a turkey. And it was thawing. So, you know, when you have thaw poultry, you need to cook that quick for freshness. And you don't want things like salmonella and E. coli to set up in it. Uh, so he asked me what to do. He's like, Will, you ever cooked a turkey? And I was like, by chance I have. I cooked a turkey last Thanksgiving. And uh, he just asked me what to do and how to dress it and how to season it. And I told, you know, over a couple of text messages I told him what to do and, you know, recommended a process and uh, Johnny did it. And he said he had a great turkey, but, uh, you know, Johnny is savvy in the kitchen. So, yeah. you know, part of that is, you know, Johnny knows what he's doing already. But if, you know, he, he got some pointers from me and and uh, the one thing I had to remind him to do was take out the giblets, the right. sack of giblets that's in the neck. And I was like, you don't want to cook the turkey and and forgot to have taken that sack of giblets out of that neck. But he said they were gross and they are. If you ever had a turkey, the giblets are, it's like the heart and the kidneys and the something else. It's, it's a bag of organs that people use to make gravy out of. And the gravy's good. Don't get me wrong. Like if you got the stomach for it, if you don't mind, if you're country enough and you know, or if you come from another country, you know, lots of foreign countries use tell, the whole animal I'm thing. telling
2: you right now, those giblets get used at family thanks, my family Thanksgiving every year. Nunny whips up giblet gravy like it's nobody's business.
3: It's good. I mean, it's got a lot of flavor. One
2: of the biggest family holiday meltdowns I ever saw was when somebody threw away the sack of giblets that was in the turkey before Nunny could get to it. That's awful. All right, so next up we've got a voicemail from richie from boston and i haven't gotten a chance to listen to this but it's about the oscars
1: what's up haws and will my blue harvest brothers this is richie
3: i know every time
1: another week another episode of blue harvest another voicemail from richie but hey what can i say you guys are my favorite fucking podcast.
3: There, I said <laughs> it, Top of
1: the mountain Thank in my you. book. And you know something? Speaking of mountains, I'm just going to have to have a, a broke back mountain moment with you guys right now. I can't quit you. So
2: <laughs> I
1: guess if people don't like voicemails from Richie from Boston, they're going to have to keep fast-forwarding through them. Um, you know, I, I wanted to... Oh, and, and one other thing. Goose, my brother. If I can make it down to Birmingham, we are having some beers. We're going to hit the bar, and we're going to have a good old time. And then I'm going to bring my shit down, and we're going to go shooting, and we're going to have even more fun. So, you know, I got a a big family, a big extended family out in southern Indiana. They they live out in the country, and I think I know how to get my redneck on. So, anytime, (laughs) I'm ready. So, you know, the Oscars. What a fucking fuck show like seriously let's let's let this sink in for a minute suicide squad has more oscars than rogue one like how fucking stupid is that you know i don't watch these these awards shows like because they piss me off so i don't have to waste a couple of hours getting pissed off by them when it when i know it's going to happen the following day anyways when i get the results and you know these award shows they only they do two things for me they reaffirm the fact that my taste in entertainment apparently sucks and they also like to tell me how to live my life and that i use way too much toilet paper for the environment thanks jennifer aniston so you know what i'll pass i i think i'll watch something else but seriously, let's let this sink in for a minute. Visual effects—you didn't give that shit to Rogue One, like, like, what the fuck do they have to do? They brought a dead actor back who's been dead for 20, 22 years, for, you know, to to act in this movie, and not just like spin around and and have some some cool-looking scene or anything, or um, you know, even just to appear and, and look good and be like, wow, look at him. He had fucking speaking lines. Like, he had dialogue. He had a fucking role in this movie, and the Oscars were like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Visual effects, well, I guess we have to nominate them for that. But you know what? We're going to keep giving them the big fucking purple helmet, the entire shaft, and we're going to go balls deep in Lucasfilm again. All right, guys, that's all I got this week. Take care.
2: yeah you know
3: i it's because of the niche it's because it is a sci-fi niche i guarantee the thing.
2: when suicide squad wins an oscar for anything that should be everybody's guarantee that the oscars are just bullshit who gives a fuck about an oscar i understand that if you're in a movie or you directed a movie or Etc. Etc. It's amazing to get nominated, much less awarded an Oscar. They gave Suicide Squad a Oscar. The Oscar Suicide Squad got was for Best Makeup and Hair Design. A movie where Jared Leto playing the Joker had a fake gold grill and a tattoo on his forehead that said "Damaged." Won an Oscar for best makeup and hair. That's fucking stupid. Yeah.
3: And especially in the same category as Star Trek Beyond.
2: That the the creature makeup in Star Trek, and you know I'm not a Star Trek guy. The creature makeup in Star Trek Beyond was incredible. It really was. How is that possible? Can I you look know. up who won for visual effects for best visual effects? I believe it was the jungle book.
3: It was. It was the jungle book. I was just looking at okay, that. Okay. Look. And which I'm sure is amazing, It I is. I haven't seen it, so I can't call that either way. I but. think
2: it's on Netflix still. That's where I watched it just recently oh, okay. on Netflix. And the Jungle Book was never one of my favorite Disney movies, but I really enjoyed the live action jungle book movie. This is the thing though, as and this is not taking anything away from that movie. As great as the special effects were, g- guys, it was tigers and giant cats talking to each other and being friends with a little kid. I'm, it's, it's right up my alley, is what I'm trying to say. Right. The visual effects were not on par with Rogue One, and I don't feel like that was is me being biased. They were amazing, not no doubt about it. And and not just Tarkin or Leia. I'm talking. Look at the amount of yeah. detail. In you those can leave space those two
3: battles, out and still,
2: and still, the fact that Alan Tudyk was playing a motion capture character, and not once did I think that's CG. To me, K Two S O is an amazing, amazing example of a motion capture character that doesn't I, take me out of it.
3: I agree. I really think that was a tough category because. It's you're saying you're in the category with Doctor Strange and Kubo in the Two Strings. Right. And oh, I, I agree. I, I saw Kubo in the Two Strings and that was incredible. Like even visually Yeah, all the stuff they did in that movie. It's a great movie. I'm and, not saying uh, a, this was and definitely Doctor Strange. They do like talk about visual visual effects like they do crazy basically shit. fractal geometry and like acid trips of with reality. So like I, that's a tough category. I agree. I, mean, I, I agree that Rogue One was visually I thought it was better than all those, but you know, I, I feel like the jungle book one because it reached a broader audience.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's probably true. Well, I mean, you could say it reached a broader audience, but it didn't beat out Rogue One as far as uh um box office goes. Right. So next up we got an email from our buddy Vader Nick. Hey guys, Vader Nick here got a problem i'm a collector you're a collector all this han solo movie talk got me thinking are we going to get a alden Ehrenreich reich and donald glover figures you know han and leo figs figs with their face sculpt do you want that i'm torn would like your insights p.s
3: oh, i'm telling you right go ahead p.s sorry. well
2: we'll talk about this first and then the p.s is kind of funny i just sort of skimmed it
3: you would be brain dead not to merchandise off this Han Solo movie. That's all I got
2: to say. Oh, we will definitely, and this is the thing. I think we, I'm all down for it because this is the younger version of the characters. They're not going to, like, Donald Glover isn't going to look like Lando on Cloud City in this movie. No, it's as not far gonna be as going to the exact the same costume. No. It's not going to. And I imagine that he, same thing with uh, Han Solo. Like, he'll have a costume that looks Han Solo, but it's not going to be, like, right an exact copy of the, you know, Han Solo uh, a New Hope costume. So that alone, it's not like they're just going to take, you know, backstock of Lando figures and Han figures, take the he- heads off and put younger versions on. So I'm all down for it, man. <clears throat> you know me, like that. that's part of my major involvement in the lead up to these movies is going out for the force Fridays and seeing the new figures and finding what I can and, and all that good stuff. Yeah. All right. Next up, <clears throat> P.S. My buddy Rich, a.k.a. Poonhammer, who admittedly had a terrible first impression with, has changed his gamer tag, maybe not exactly to a lesser offensive gamer tag. He has been telling everyone he really regrets botching his first impression with you, not knowing I hold you in such high regard. Especially when I told him if you or Will were ever on, y'all would get priority over him. Will has recently played a few games with him and maybe he can attest that he's not as bad as he was that first night on Overwatch. Would you ever give him another chance? Man, This is that's an odd thing to write into us, buddy. This is what I'll say about Poonhammer, well, uh, Nick. You're never going to find me the guy that's like, Nick, you shouldn't be friends with Poonhammer. So that, that's not what I'm saying. You, you be friends with him all you want. Be friends with Poonhammer. And let's keep in mind that this is a grown-ass man whose Xbox Live name was, at least for a while, Poonhammer. (laughs) Okay? Keep that in mind. Keep in mind the, let's say, colorful language he used, which is what really uh, was not to my liking when uh, I played Overwatch with you and, and Poonhammer that one time, Nick. And keep in mind that this is a podcast littered with colorful language. So if, if he was breaking out stuff that made me not stoked, he had to be pressing the buttons pretty hard. Now, will I ever give him another chance? I'm going to be honest with you, Nick, probably not. Now, does that mean I'll never jump in a party and play with you guys? But like, you know, some people just don't mix, my buddy. And I think and Poonhammer and I. Poon, his name is motherfucking Poonhammer. He is known, at least among us, as as Poonhammer. Not for me, Nick. I'm sorry, buddy. Not for me. But I'd love to play some Four Honor with you this weekend. So hit me up. Just not
0: cold-blooded.
2: With... I, hey, man. I have got limited time. This is the thing. I've got limited time to play Xbox. I've and got, even,
3: yeah, I was about to say you got limited time and even shorter time to play Xbox.
2: I've got limited time to play Xbox, and when I do, I want to play Xbox with buddies like Nick and Johnny and Will and Goose and Steve and Brad and you know who else do we play with? John and um, you know guys that like I can Nick two Nicks. There's we've got Vader Nick and Spoopy Nick, two Nicks. Jeff all these guys I enjoy playing games with like even if we're not playing the, the same the same game at the same time we can be in a party and just bullshit and have a good time there's nobody bringing the mood down like a poon hammer striking down like thor with his hammer of poon so mm. i've got limited time and i want to spend that limited time with guys i enjoy being around in on an, in an xbox live party so That's all I got to say about that.
3: I watched Forrest Gump today.
2: Did you really? I did. It's a good watch. All right. Next up, we have an email from our buddy Eric. Hey, Halls. Not sure if it's been mentioned on the pod yet, but a few weeks ago, you you said you had been naming the episodes off of something, and a few weeks prior to that, you told us that Cracked Rear View was one of those albums you listened to in your me time. Are the episodes titles also track titles for that album? I don't anything don't think anything of it when I read the episode title, Letter Cry, but I did start singing it in my head. Sorry if it's been brought up already. I can only listen to the pod a few days later on iTunes. I love the show and can't talk and can talk black series all day too. Keep doing what you're doing and may the force be with you. Your pal Eric from Albuquerque. P.S. I just got Xbox Live 2, and my gamer tag is... So he gave his game... I don't know if he wants me giving it out. Hey, Eric, let me know if you want me to give it out and you want some Star Wars buddies on your Xbox Live... Um, on your Xbox Live list, but if not, you know, I'll add you. I'm sure we'll add you. I only have Resident Evil 7 right now, though. I've been wanting to play that. Waiting for payday to get for honor. Well, that's a payday well spent, my friend. That's a good game. That's a good game right there. <clears throat> and uh as far as uh Hootie and the, I am maybe. Maybe. Who
3: knows? You love you some hootie and the boyfish
2: Alright. Next up. Huh? Jesse's talking shit to me. Uh oh. <clears throat> Next up we've got an email from our buddy uh, Joshua. Joshua. Hi Halls and Will. First, I would like to say thank you guys, uh, to say you guys are awesome. Being from Kentucky, with much of my family residing in Appalachia, it is nice to hear Star Wars and nerd breakdowns coming from the Southeast, and I appreciate you sticking up for rural, rural Americans everywhere. Yes, we have running water, and yes, we do wear shoes. Anyways, after hearing your discussion about how you hope that Rey is a Skywalker, I couldn't help but cringe at the idea biggest issue I see with this is that the timeline just doesn't make sense. I have not yet read Bloodline, but from what I gather, mainly from Wikipedia, it occurs six years prior to The Force Awakens and Ben Solo has yet to fall to the dark side. This would suggest that Luke Skywalker has not fled the galaxy and his new Jedi Order has yet to be slaughtered. With The Force Awakens di- Visual Dictionary placing Rey at 19 years old for Episode Seven. That would put her age at 13 during Bloodline. Now the girl in Ray's Forcebacks was clearly less than 13, and if I was to take a guess, she would have been about 5 years old when she was left on Jakku. I see three basic, non-stupid Snoke theory ways she gets left on Jakku if she's a Skywalker. 1. Luke leaves her on Jakku. Luke would have abandoned his daughter on Jakku 8 years before the fall of the New Jedi Order the galaxy's beacon of light and hope leaves his daughter on an inhospitable planet to be a slave in all but name to Unkar Plutt? If this is the case, the Intergalactic Child Services needs to get a call. I mean, there was no one better to watch this five-year-old daughter, no moisture farmers were available, or did he drop her off at survival school daycare and just forget to pick her up at the end of the day? I just can't see a way the story group could write their way out of this. She is kidnapped and left on Jakku. The problem with this is that Luke is the man who refused to give up on his deadbeat father, who choked out his mother, killed his mentor, ordered the murder of his aunt and uncle, murdered hundreds of children, and whose favorite sport was trying to kill all of his friends. Wouldn't Luke have spent his time searching for his kidnapped daughter instead of training Jedi? And once the Jedi thing blew up in his face, wouldn't he have just... Put his entire focus into finding her instead, of hiding out all emo style? Once again, I can't see how Luke could still be the good guy if this was true. Ray's mother left her on Chu, Chu on Jakku without Luke's knowledge. Points one and two hold true for this unless Luke didn't know about Ray, and it's hard to imagine Luke going around having one night stands with women. Then again, Johnny Grosso would love this because then there could be hundreds of Skywalkers throughout the galaxy from the days of Luke sowing his wild oats and every cantina winch that he would, that would have, he could Jedi mind trick into sleeping with him. I don't think Luke, I'm going to take a quick dike. I don't think Luke would be a scuzzball like that. Like if Luke was hooking up with ladies, I like to think that he didn't need no Jedi mind trick, no Jedi chloroform. Right. Uh, Uh, I mean, come on, Luke Skywalker is not the Star Wars version of Robert Baratheon. That is an excellent Game of Thrones reference, my friend. On top of the implausibility of Luke Skywalker galactic gigolo, Luke and Rey don't share an uncanny resemblance, so I'm not sure how their familial connection would become known to either of them. I understand that there are ways around all of these, and Rey could very well be a Skywalker, but I think some of this needs thought more thought before we say we hope Ray is Luke's daughter because I don't see how Luke could come out with much likability if he is her father. In the words of Maz Kanata, whomever you're waiting for on Jakku, they're never coming back. But there's someone who still could. The belonging you seek is not behind you. It is ahead. What are your thoughts? Thanks, Josh. P.S. How messed up would it be if Luke started crushing on Ray and it turned out she is his daughter? I mean, first his sister, then his daughter. Could even set up Star Wars. You could even set up the Star Wars version of Oedipus Rex. Yeah, I'm gonna skip out on that part, buddy. I'm gonna nah, skip I don't out think on that's the part. I mean, I'll it would look. It would be kind of creepy if a 60 a year old Mark Hamill was crushing on a 20. 27- not looking
3: good for leaving her when she's a kid. She look even worse <laughs> that way.
2: Um, I mean, he every single one of those points he brought up is 100% valid he brings up great points
3: don't disagree in any way
2: and don't disagree in any way the one thing i would say is you know what are they going to do with luke going forward in episode eight and nine is he going to be the righteous and just just always making the good decision knight in shining armor hero of the movie or is he going to have some mistakes in his past or some things he regrets in his past that, you know, sort of pepper his personality with a little, you know, a little spice, for lack Obi of a better
3: Obi-Wan raised Anakin, you know, and he's still a good guy. You know, just because we make mistakes or... Right.
2: Right, that's the true. Wrong path. Now, Yoda like I was said... defeated by
3: Palpatine and... When I say... Into exile.
2: <laughs> when I say that... Um, I want her to be his daughter. It's from admittedly purely selfish reasons. I like i w- I would like Luke Skywalker to have a kid to carry on the Skywalker legacy. I'm not super super into the idea of Kylo being the one who cl- carries on the Skywalker legacy right now, now what i can conf- take uh, consider to be kind of intriguing is what if we explore the idea of you don't have to be born in the family to be part of the family. Let's say Ray isn't a Skywalker but takes the Skywalker last name after training with Luke and getting to know Luke. What if Luke becomes her, you know, foster father or her replacement dad, you know? Right. To me, that's still valid. Even though she's not part of the bloodline, clearly she's still super powerful in the Force. So, you know, if she were to take... um take the Skywalker last name, I wouldn't have a problem with that.
3: And, you know, they could move totally away from that. You know, they we could. could...
2: We could be looking at a sequel sequel to the sequel trilogy with no Skywalker.
3: Where the story of Skywalker is simply Anakin to Luke. And then... And then the passing of...
2: You know, and the and whole then thing Kylo, because Kylo that, is a Skywalker. Right. I mean, his and last name isn't Skywalker, but he is a Skywalker. He's part of yeah, the... Yeah,
3: it carries the blood. And yeah. the whole reason it's important is because of yes. the virgins in the Force, Anakin's conception. Right. And that's carrying on that line of what's obviously potency or, you know, in the Force or something, you know. And it's, I mean, lightning to the Priory of Scion. Like, you want to know where that bloodline goes, if it is that powerful. And you know, it's compelling. And if it's not, that's fine. Like, it's fine that, to me, like, that someone else carries on the mantle, whoever he... You know, it's just important that he carry on the Jedi, you know, pass that along, pass on what you have learned. You know, that's what's most important. Not that they're a Skywalker.
2: Right, exactly. So, you know, I, like I said, it does my enjoyment of this sequel trilogy hinge on the fact that Rey would be a Skywalker. Not at all. That's Not just all. the one. That's just the one I like the best. Honestly, I want to be surprised.
3: So hard. I feel like it was I'll be too, man. If it's not like
2: this is the thing. If if he is her dad, then I don't see them going the neglectful father route where he did drop her off on. No, Jakarta he didn't and know she was there. Right.
3: Or and you know it would seem. How do you? You someone's so strong in the force and all your meditation. How do you not know you have a daughter? <clears throat> That's the only thing that would
2: catch my... They're keeping, and the other thing is, is they're keeping what Luke was up to in between Jedi. <laughs> Excuse Bless me you. Jedi and um um the force awakens so secretive that it makes me think that there's a little something there going on, but right, you know, what do I know? All right, next up we got uh one last voicemail, and then we'll get to our Empire's end related emails, but uh first we need to hear from our latest Jedi friend. And that is a Soar's bandim. For you guys that don't know who that is, he is the young child who uh, Anakin slaughters. Master Skywalker, what do we do? And if you weren't aware, apparently he survived. He's not Snoke, but he does sound kind of like an angry soccer hooligan.
0: Hello, this is Soar's band and I'm back. Now I've got a message for Anakin Skywalker. I haven't forgotten what you did to me. And it's about time you showed yourself. You're You must think I'm some sort of a muck if I'm just going to let you force kick me in the fucking knackers and leave me for dead. I couldn't walk right (laughs) for a month. And I ain't going to let that slide, Skywalker. I ain't no (laughs) soppy twat like Coleman Treeball. I mean, that guy, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a fucking boat. Now, you've got 48 hours, Skywalker. Do you hear me? And I expect you to show yourself. By the way, I ain't forgotten about you, Kia D, or your muppet friend, Kit Fisto. So you better be putting your affairs in order before I catch up with you. Now on your way, you mugs.
2: Holy shit. Those guys better watch out. They better watch out. I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't fuck with that kid. Oh, well, he's an adult now. Now listen, I think we're glossing over an important piece of information in that scene in revenge of the sith after the kid is like anakin uh master skywalker what do we do and anakin ignites his lightsaber and the kid jumps and it cuts away now we know what happened immediately after that anakin skywalker kicked a 7-year-old in the fucking nuts damn brutal he really did go over to the goddamn side, a dark side.
3: It's just not okay, even for a bad guy.
2: <laughs> and how fucked up is it that Anakin just kicked a kid in the nuts and was like, yeah, I killed him. <laughs> He's, that motherfucker's dead. Kick that little shit in the nuts. Be angry looking at him the whole time. Starting to think that Anakin Skywalker was possessed by the spirit of Poonhammer. <laughs> all right so guys we got three more emails left and like i said they're empires end related i've skimmed them i don't think there's anything super spoiler spoilerly in them but if you're you know in the middle of the book or haven't started it yet and don't want to know anything you should probably turn back now thanks for listening this week all right guys first up we've got our good old buddy brad master at for honor i've played quite a bit of for honor with this guy lately having lots of laughs he's a good soldier i say up with brad down with poon hammer mm. up with hope down with dope you're gonna hurt vader nick's feelings i hate he should not have any feelings hurt because he knows i love him and this is nothing against vader nick i play i play video games with vader nick all the time If I got time to play video games with Vader Nick, I'll play video games with Vader Nick. I have no problems with Vader Nick.
3: Haas is like, get behind me. Get Get behind me, Poonhammer! Get
2: behind me, Poonhammer!" Hey fam, I would love to hear your thoughts on that excerpt that came out from Empire's End about Jar Jar's fate post Revenge of the Sith. It doesn't seem to really have an impact. I would have loved if they took a risk with his interlude and done something unexpected. There would be no consequence if it ended up being bad because the expectations for Jar Jar are in the gutter. No one cares. So why not shoot for the stars? Try to to surprise people. Feels like a missed opportunity. If it could be anything, what would you want the fate of Jar Jar to be? Thanks, guys. Are you familiar with uh, what he's talking about? I am. I believe we discussed it already. I think we discussed... I don't know about it on the podcast. I think we talked about it on the headset. Okay. So, just a quick recap. There is an interlude on Naboo, and there is a shunned Gungan who paints himself up like a clown and entertains all the children on Naboo. The adults and stuff fucking hate him. And it's Jar Jar. And the reason they hate him is they blame him for the state of the galaxy. So Jar Jar is basically shunned by the adults, loved by the kids, and he's a clown that dances and tries to entertain them, right? Right. Okay.
3: Because Jar Jar was the one who moved for the vote of no confidence.
2: Right. Now, the Chancellor, I'm torn because I kind of like it because it's just so sad. Like, it's so sad in that way where you're like, damn, Jar Jar really is... It makes you feel for him, you know?
3: It it takes the fun out of hating him. But... It disarms you with that. On the other hand... From now on, you can't be like, oh, fuck Jar Jar, because like, oh man, he really, he kind of gets it bad in the end.
2: On the other hand, it's so fucking on the nose and kind of corny. This, this is the kind of thing I don't like about these Aftermath books, is they're a little too... On the nose, wink, wink at the camera, corny, back to the future, people showing up at points where they shouldn't be type stuff. Right. So, like, really, it is real life. The adults hate Jar Jar. Kids like him, and he's just comedic. He's just there for comedic effect for the kids. Right. So it's almost like Chuck, Chuck Wendig's, commentary on the prequels or jar jar or the fan reaction to jar jar and to me it's too on the nose too real world and too corny pandering what would i like to see happen to jar jar well you know that's a good question because clearly they were going to do more with jar jar until the fan reaction happened and then george lucas dialed back on him for episode two and three so it's an interesting question. And I'm gonna be honest, I was surprised this happened at all. I thought Jar Jar was gonna be like the creepy uncle in the room that nobody ever addressed. Like you're all at family holiday and you know, you're like, oh, how's uh, you know, cousin Tim? How's Aunt Judy? Nobody asks how's like, how's Uncle Mitch? Because everybody knows Uncle Mitch is a fucking creep. And they know the answer to that question. How's Uncle Poonhammer?
3: Oh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I felt it coming.
2: So, um, yeah. See, I kind of think, like, wouldn't it be interesting if if Jar Jar sort of fell into Palpatine's sort of, you know, inner circle a little bit and just got swept up into the politics of it all? Like,
3: I understand that. On
2: the other hand, though, I can't see Palpatine being like this guy should be part of my cabinet.
3: Wasn't he a representative for Naboo?
2: Jar Jar Sessions. Um, yes, he was sort of like one of the representatives for Naboo along with Padme.
3: Cause he would have to be to make that sort of motion.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So,
3: yeah. I mean, you go from, it's like the story of Pagliacci. Like that's the sad clown. Like,
2: Oof. that's awful. What would you have liked to, where would you like to see, uh, just let him
3: go just let him have let him be a gungan fisherman that lives out his days has a family you know passes the rest of his life in obscurity you know just you know i don't know he 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 does maybe falls out of favor with the people as senator for doing that but that's you know leave him alone you you took it so far down that I don't know. It's no, I can't rag on him anymore. You made me feel bad about it.
2: <laughs> All right. So next up, we got our buddy, Joe Willen Halls. It's been a long time since I've written you, but it's been awesome to hear so many other listeners write in with questions. This weekend, I rushed through the novel Aftermath Empire's End and have a question or two. So please don't read this until you think it's been an appropriate time to allow others to read through it. But first, I've got an unrelated question. Since my Snoke theory thought... Man. Okay. Gotta rally for these last two. Come on! Since my Snoke theory sucks, I'm going all in and predicting that Snoke is none other than Luke Skywalker. I haven't heard anyone else claim this sucky theory yet. Think about it. We haven't seen Luke and Snoke in the same place at the same time. Palpatine was both a senator and Darth Sidious in the prequels trilogy, so why can't Luke distort his image to look as mangled as Snoke? Finally, actually, I I got nothing else. The Snoke theory sucks. About Empire's End. Number one. I'd be interested to hear from other listeners on this. Am I the only one who felt less satisfied with Nora Wexley's team by the end of this Aftermath trilogy than even in the first book? The only new character on her team I thoroughly enjoyed is Mr. Bones. I just felt no emotional connection with any of those characters. Um, so Will has not read the Aftermath books, as far as I know, and I'm only a little bit into the third one. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the new characters. I like Nora Wexley. Okay, Will, for your information, you know Greg Grunberg in The Force Awakens? He yeah. was Matt Parkman and Heroes. He was the pilot and lost. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays Snap Wexley in The Force Awakens. His mom is Nora Wexley, who was uh, in the Battle of Endor. She was, I believe, a Y Wing pilot. Or, no, she was an A Wing pilot. She's one of the A Wings that goes into the Death Star following Wedge and Lando in oh, wow. Return of the Jedi. Um, and she's got a team like they've got a team. There's this guy named Sinjir who is basically uh, a former Imperial. He's a drunkard. I actually like his character pretty well. Then there's a, a lady. I believe she's Zabrak bounty hunter. <clears throat> they do some real corny shit with her. Um, and then Snap is part of the team. And Mr. Bones is part of the team. Mr. Bones is a prequel era Battle droid that Snap has reprogrammed to be like his bodyguard, right? And he's uh, obsessed with violence. Um, and That's and I agree cool. with Joe. He is definitely one of the highlights of those books, to be sure. I do and dig. I do, in fact, dig. Mister Bones is Ray Sloan the most enjoyable Imperial officer in the official canon, including Thrawn. So far, she gets my vote. So I'm going to say, as of the new canon of what we've seen so far, I like her better than Thrawn, but we haven't gotten all the Thrawn we're going to get. The Thrawn book's coming out next week, or not next week, next month. Uh, you know, we've got the rest of this season of Rebels, so I think Thrawn could still win me over, but Ray Sloan is pretty awesome. Uh, you know, as hard as I can be on these books, when they do stuff well, uh, you know, I, I'd like to at least point that out. And the character of Ray Sloan, she is basically who is one of the people sort of wrestling for control of the Empire after, um, you know, Palpatine and Vader die, right? And she's got a Superstar Destroyer and and all this stuff. She's considered an admiral. Finally, final thought. I hope the characters in Rogue One that stole and transmitted the Death Star plans are not forgotten or discarded in future novels. Only one of Windig's three Aftermath books was even released after Rogue One was, and even Empire's End had to have been mostly finished by mid-December. I wouldn't expect Empire's End to incorporate much from Rogue One. However, it would be nice to have a novel or two spend t- spending time showing how the New Republic pays tribute to those who gave their lives getting the Death Star plans to Princess Leia. It doesn't sound like we'll get another movie about them, so it'd have to be a book. Hopefully this email isn't too long, but it's been a while, and I had to make up for lost time. Keep up the great work, Joe. So, yeah, you know what? Will, do you assume, this is just the assumption I've made, do you assume that Rogue Squadron was named after... Rogue One, after the Rogue One team? I do. I do too. Um, You know, that's a little bit of retconning that they've done, where now we know where that sort of squadron name came from. I would still like to see something in one of the canon books. I think this is the most likely spot to get it, to see where how that came about. You know, did after the Battle of Yavin, was Luke like, so somebody tell me how this all came to be. And they basically told him the story of Rogue One, and, and he and Wedge got together, and they were like, you know what, we should call our new squadron Rogue Squadron. Um, <clears throat> there's also a book coming out called Inferno Squad from Christy Golden, who did the Dark Disciple book. And it is sort of a sequel to Rogue One in the way that it's kind of going to show the Empire's reaction to the fact that this small team of rebels was able to infiltrate, you know, basically the giant Imperial hard drive and get the plans. And it's dealing with basically the Empire's version of the Rogue One team, and they're called Inferno Squad. So, you know, you got to think that that's not going to be solely from the Empire's point of view. You'll probably get some Rebellion stuff, and it would be neat if they worked it in there, how, you know, they honored their sacrifices in Rogue One and, and, you know, came up with the Rogue Squadron name.
3: Right. I would love that. Is there, is there, when, in the Battle of Yavin, do they call Rogue, this is Rogue One, is Rogue Leader Rogue One?
2: No, no. In, it, in the Battle of Yavin, it's just, it's red and gold. Red and gold. The first Bright time you hear Rogue Rogues. Squadron is the Battle of Hoth. That's right. When is
3: there, do we ever hear Rogue One?
2: No. It'd no.
3: be awesome if that name is retired. Like, there's never right. a rogue one. Right. Like, there's only a rogue two through whatever, and a rogue leader. Like, there's never a.
2: They retired a rogue. that shit like they did Magic Johnson's jersey. Right. All right, and last up for this evening, we have King Tom, the king of all motherfucking toms, writing in, all's well. I want to ask you a question involving Empire's End last week, but decided to be courteous to a few people who hadn't finished it yet, namely my buddy Joe, the number one Kia D. Mundiak. Anyways, aside from a mention or two, Luke Skywalker is not in the book at all, which fits with everything Lucasfilm has been doing, not letting us see what Luke has been doing after Return of the Jedi, with the exception of rescuing some trees in a comic book, which I actually enjoyed. When do you think we're going to see the further adventures of Luke Skywalker? There's 30 years of Jedi history hunting and Academy Anarchy to tell. Will we see them after The Last Jedi or Episode 9? Or will Luke get his own spinoff? Which I doubt, but you never know. Anyway, thanks for reading and for the incredible podcast, Your Pal, King Tom. Ooh, this is a juicy one. You want to take this, Will?
3: Oh man, yeah, sure. I, I mean, mine's kind of simple. You'll get Luke stuff for as long as Mark Hamill wants to do it, you know, and, and that'll be your canon big movie stuff. As soon as Luke is done, I mean, as soon as Mark Hamill's done doing Luke, either he dies or that's his last portrayal. I feel like you're gonna get a backlog wave of Luke Skywalker stuff. I mean books, comic books, <laughs> see like, this they is... might even do an animated show, like how much mileage have you gotten out of Anakin and Obi-Wan right, Sheerly and Clone Wars and you know those characters, even in their youth, so to tell his old story may wrap up, but like you'll it'll backfill those years will backfill at some point,
2: yeah, and this is the thing you know i I'm pretty sure the reason we haven't gotten more Luke stuff is because. They're wanting to keep as much of that secret because I think we're going to get a lot of hints and ideas of what went down with Luke in The Last Jedi.
3: Because that's the question that J.J. Abrams had.
2: Right. You know, what's well, the question we all have now? It's right. clearly the biggest carrot on a stick that they want to use to lead us around right now is, well, what was Luke up to?
3: What happened to Luke?
2: What? What? Yeah, what was up with all this Luke business? So I honestly think that after The Last Jedi comes out and we get some of those answers, I think that will open up the door to some maybe books or more concrete information. I'm still convinced that once Rebels is over and we get the next series, it will be set in between Jedi and The Force Awakens. Now, I don't necessarily know that it would be solely Luke Skywalker focused. No, I doubt it. Even though I I would love that. I I would fucking love that. But, like I said, may not be the case. But it could be an element of it. So, you know,
3: I, I I think. I think Disney knows better than to tell those stories in books. And I know the books will companion with the movies, but I think the movies will be the large compeller of the stories from now on.
2: It could be. The thing is, is you've got 30 years to fill in, so there's no reason you can't do all of these things in that 30 minutes, or that 30 years. You've got, you could do an animated series that does some of it. You could do maybe a movie. I would like to see a movie. I just, you know, the whole Luke Skywalker recasting thing makes me feel a little weird, but... You know, we're getting it with Han and Lando. There's no reason to think we couldn't get it with Luke as well. Um, So, you know, that could be a possibility. Animated series video games, comic books, you know, made-for-TV movies, visual novels, porno mags. They could go the whole nine yards with it. They could, I honestly feel like, though, the stepping stone or, or the thing that's blocking us from getting more Luke Skywalker stories is The Last Jedi. So I kind of feel like once The Last Jedi comes out, that's when we'll start getting more Luke stuff. Not all of it, you know, but it would be kind of neat in between the year and a half, two years, whatever it's going to end up being in between The Last Jedi and Episode Nine, if we did get some... Luke stuff to hold us over if we filled that's in that 30-year 30, 30 gap a little bit. So that's kind of what I feel. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for us this week. Thanks so much for taking the time to record with me, buddy.
3: Yeah, man. It's good to be here. You know I love it. I think this is a good one. I
2: feel real positive. I got a real positive feeling about this one. <laughs> good. So I'll, do I. I want to tease you guys. There's a storyline in place. Ideas are being bandied about. A much beloved on by some people, and a much, a much thought of as over the top by other people. Trilogy of Blue Harvest content may be com- completed very soon. It's in pre-production. It's in pre-production. Let's just say it's gonna be dark and gritty. Um, but you guys should uh, follow my boy tw- my boy Will on Twitter. Criminally underfollowed. He will, you can ask him a food piece of food advice. He'll get back to you. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, you should check out our T Public store. Buy some shirts and stuff. TPublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. If you like our theme song, you should check out the band that was kind enough to provide that music to us. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can check them out on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com literally guys it could be no easier if you're listening to this podcast there's a way you can listen to some stone cobra please do it so they don't think we're a bunch of fuck dicks because we're not (laughs) because because we ain't fuck dicks anyway uh but i think that'll do it we'll we'll catch you guys next week maybe there'll be a little more news and if not maybe i can go and try and get and see some crazy shit with a guy with a gun again and i can just tell you guys about that hopefully not though But uh, until then, for Blue Harvest, I'm Hans Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you.
0: May the Force be with us.